Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 4 of iWolves with your host, Ian Dunbar, Kelly Dunbar, and me, Jamie Dunbar. All right. So shall I reach down into the mailbag and pull a question out? Here we go. This is from, uh, let's see, from Hubie in Belmar, New Jersey. I think it's Hubie. Uh, hope, hope I got that right. Uh, if not, my apologies. Hi. My name is Hubie Thompson, and I would ask your opinion and help on my situation. I bought my six-year-old son a German Shepherd pup for Christmas. It is now 13 weeks old. He lives with his mom and sis, 16 years old, and I've just found out now that the mother is afraid of the dog and the pup is being, the, being dominant over the boy. Now, I have been visiting daily, six hours, and have been interacting and making the dog understand that I'm the alpha. He seems to know it, but my concern is that when my boy is playing with us, the dog goes after him, even when he's by or behind me. I've been grabbing his snout, we can assume this is the dog, <laughs> and grabbing his snout and holding his mouth shut as per the breeder and putting him in his cage as punishment. This has only been for two days so far. I know he thinks my son is one of his litter and is trying to dominate, but when will it stop and how do I stop it? This is my primary concern because this pup comes from a large and strong pack and I want the boy to enjoy his dog, not fear it. So... Wow, okay, well... There's a lot going on there. there. Yeah, there is. Uh, I would say, first of all, uh, thanks for, for writing in, Hubie, and uh, taking the time to try to get seek some help with this because obviously you got a puppy to uh, for, your, for your boy and, and for the family to enjoy and so far it's probably been not that enjoyable for especially for your son. Right, it sounds like it's not the best situation to be in and it does seem like this is probably the sort of thing that that happens to a lot of uh, other people out there. Oh, where, absolutely. You know, they get a dog for someone, um, possibly even for right, a kid, that uh, they don't know how to train and the, the kid doesn't know how to train and so as a result doesn't get trained. And it becomes kind of a, a battle. Um, you know, it, I mean, young young puppies mouth. They mouth a lot, and they've got very sharp teeth. So um, it hurts. It hurts when they bite. But a puppy, a young puppy, is just like a small child, a toddler. They are exploring the world. Everything is new to them. They've got these razor sharp teeth um, that we think have been designed that way so that people and other animals give very um, quick feedback on jaw pressure. Mouthing is one of the one of the things they should be doing as a puppy. So it's good that the puppy mouths. Um, what you do need to can do, however, is of course control the pressure which with the puppy mouths, and then eventually eliminate it entirely. However, if you eliminate it too soon, uh, your puppy won't get the necessary feedback on how to have gentle jaws. Um, so you know we we have some guidelines for that that we can give to you in a minute. But um, if you just kind of grab his mouth and kind of make it a battle, it's, 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 it's going to teach him that your hands are unpleasant and that interactions are unpleasant, and that could really exacerbate problems in, in the future. If the puppy's not trying to be bad, and I would actually um, go so far as to say the puppy is not trying to be dominant, but is just being a puppy, you know, and a mischievous puppy doing what, what puppies do. Right, yeah. I mean... That is how puppies play. You know, if you ever watch uh, puppy class, they are tumbling all over each other. Their mouths are all over each over, over each other. You know, it often it can look like fighting. I feel like to mm -hmm. people who don't uh, spend a lot of time around dogs. But then you can do some tests to see that both the dogs are having a good time. Um, and yeah, I think really uh, it's a good point that 
holding the dog's uh, mouth shut, holding a snout, and then uh, putting it in the cage isn't, you know, that, that may feel like you're sending a message, but that message is probably not getting through at all whatsoever. I don't think the dog is going to take uh, your, your instruction and understand that you don't want, you, that, the dog, that you want the dog to be gentle, you know. Yeah, the dog will be getting a message, but not necessarily the message that we want it to get. You know, as I said, the dog will probably be, start to become hand shy of you, and you know now starting now start to feel threatened around hands reaching for him, which is exactly what you don't want. We want you know, dogs to think that the hand coming for for their collar, for their face, for their fur, whatever you need to grab a dog for. Let's say in an emergency situation, uh, that hands coming towards the dog is a good thing. Um, puppy right now is quite easy to control, and as you said, it's a large, it's a large breed dog. Um, you know, he's going to get bigger and stronger, and getting into physical combat with him uh, might put you at the losing end of the stick someday. Most certainly, will put your son at the losing end of the stick sooner rather right. than later. So, um, right, especially if there's the other people in this dog's life are a six-year-old and a mom who's scared, yeah, sixteen-year-old girl. And you're the only one who's providing this sort of physical punishment. Then, Control. right when you're not around, it's not gonna. That's it's gonna be a problem. That's gonna be the worst when you're not around. Yes, and so I, th I think um, let's 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 turn this around a little bit and 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 shift the problem. The problem is still the same as far as the puppy is uh, is biting everybody and making people feel uncomfortable. That's not okay and we won't let that continue um, long term. In fact, we can start to control that right away. We'll do it in a different way. Um, but we'll, we'll turn it around in a sense that the puppy is a normal puppy doing what puppies do. Um, he doesn't necessarily have to see your son or anyone else in the family as his um, equal or as a litter mate in order to want to mouth. That's, just, that's what they do, that's what they know. If we want them to learn how to communicate with humans and interact with humans, we've got to teach them as, as Ian would say, ESL, English, English as a second language, and that includes body language and, and manners. Mm -hmm. um, they don't come ready-made with human manners or human um, ideas of, of you know, politeness and, and accepting behavior, accepted behavior. Mm -hmm. So um, best to accept that the puppy is just being a normal puppy rather than a bad puppy. And now what can we do proactively to, to shape this mouthing and to eventually eliminate it while still providing the important information of how to have gentle jaws as an adult. You know, if a young puppy knows that when, when it puts down just a little bit of pressure, it hurts humans and that they don't like that and that the fun ends, um, they, will, you know, they will learn to be more careful with their mouths. If we just kind of escalate it and up, and up the ante by you know, punishing too quickly though, the, the puppy will never have a chance to learn that. So we do have rules for mouthing. Um, we'll get to those in a minute. Do you have anything to add? Um, no, I think definitely probably the, the thing that Hubie needs to hear most is how you do, how you train bite inhibition. Um, the only other thing that I can think of is that uh, there's probably problems with energy and kind of jumping up and that sort of uh, physical play, which mm -hmm. can also be scary for people. Um, and so the other thing that would be uh, really useful is a rock solid sit. Um, that would, you know, it's you're not going to be as afraid of a dog that's sitting. And if you can tell this dog to sit, anytime, any situation, any distractions, no matter how excited they are, and they sit, then you know that's going to take care of ninety percent of these scary situations. Absolutely, I think when you feel, I mean, part of the part of fear, I think, is being out of control. Is feeling out of control mm -hmm. with the situation, and if you have 
some basic foundation commands for control, um, then you know, then that will give everybody in the household um, a little bit of empowerment. You know, and, right. and SID is something that if, if taught properly and efficiently, uh, even a six-year-old boy can can tell a dog mm -hmm. to sit and have that be an effective way of controlling his energy and behavior. Right, and so with both these things, the the answer is really practicing. Uh, the, what you want the dog to do. So practicing in a variety of situations and kind of, I think, skirting that line of being out of control where you take your dog into situations where, you know, you obviously start in, you know, your kitchen without any, anything around and you practice getting your dog to sit. But of course, just because your dog can sit in the kitchen doesn't mean it's going to sit outside. So then you practice outside. Then you practice outside with a squirrel. You know, we've done this bit before. And the whole point is keeping, pushing that edge of where your dog might lose control and might not listen, mm -hmm. but not making it so hard that they won't. And so you can keep reinforcing as they slowly improve. Setting them up for success and gradually raising the bar all right. the time. And then also um, another way, not only just with the physical distractions in the room, that you don't only raise the bar that way, but with the energy level. Mm -hmm. You know, so when a puppy is focused and tired and sleepy in the evening, it's a great time to start. Um, eventually, you want to do this when puppy is at his most wild. Puppies are right. really crazy, crazy. Right. When time the doorbell just rang and there's kids running around the backyard and all of that. Um, we will provide some links in, in the commentary and the comment section oh, so yeah. that you have that available. But basically, for bite inhibition, um, we do have you know, general rules that when a puppy is biting, we do allow them at a young age, under under 16 weeks, to mouth gently, and we say under 16 to 18 weeks because that's um, when they still have their sharp puppy teeth. They're relatively small compared to what they will be and, and, and relatively weak compared to what they will be. So it's pretty safe to let a puppy mouth you um, and to start giving feedback while they're young because they're not gonna re really be able to hurt you so much um, and, and real permanent damage anyway. Um, you, but you do, you do want to start tempering you know, how much the puppy can bite. So we have rules. Puppy can bite your hands. That's an acceptable place to practice mouthing. Uh, never clothing, because clothing um, doesn't feel and can't provide feedback. You so don't this know. is just the first stage with yes. being okay to bite your hands. Yes, right? it's okay to bite your hands. Never hair, never clothing, you know, um, or you know, anything like that. What if, he, what if the puppy bites your hands and it hurts? You just let that go? No, you, you want to you want to tolerate a little bit of discomfort at first. I mean, not if it hurts, it hurts. You'd let the puppy know. You'd say, ouch! Mm -hmm. You know, I would, and hold still for a moment, and the puppy generally will stop. Um, it's okay to, to let them know that, that that's not mm -hmm. comfortable. I mean, if you look at how the other puppies play together, whether you're in a puppy class or if you saw the litter of puppies together on their um, in their natural environment, you know, where you, wherever you got your puppy from the breeder, um, they play, they rough and tumble, as you said, it looks quite rough and crazy. Mm -hmm. um, every now and then, as happens when you have uh, same-aged peers, you know, playing in roughhousing, it gets a little out of hand. Yeah. And then somebody says, ouch, you know, takes their ball and, and goes home or mm -hmm. sits down and cries for a minute or, you know, refuses to play. Right. And so at that point, is that when you would grab their snout and say, no bad dog, and then put them in their cage? No, no, you have two options here. Um, I, I, again, I think that would, that's combative and overly punishing, overly, overly punishing for a puppy who isn't trying to be bad and is just doing something unpleasant. I, it, the reaching for the puppy and punishing it physically is going to cause combat, battle, or fear, or both. And mm -hmm. that, that will ultimately snowball into a, 
over a situation, trust me. Even right. And if, that's not something you want to tell a six-year-old to no, try and do. He's not going to be able to or do it. Or a scared it. mom, so it's not even really on the table for anyone else. And if you, even if you are successful in doing that, the puppy is it's, it's, it's suppressed. And again, around you, not necessarily around everybody mm-hmm. else. And there's going to be, this animosity will probably build or fear underneath, then you have a ticking time bomb. So, um, no, we don't recommend that. We do recommend, as I said, um, you know, verbal feedback is good. If it hurts, say, ouch, you know. Right, and draw away, you know. Not even draw away. I I, I would stay free. I would stay still. Mm -hmm. Because a puppy, if you, most people, when they draw away, they do this, Mm -hmm. and that's a game. That's a a chase game. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, if, if you stop, playing, tugging, pulling, wiggling, whatever it is that's animating and exciting the puppy, they're more likely to stop. Uh, generally, your verbal feedback back alone will do it. Every now mm-hmm. and then they don't get that at first, so they think that that's part of the game too, if you, especially if you squeak too much. If you use a squeaky voice and do this, they're going to think it's a game. Mm-hmm. So, ouch! And staying still usually works for most puppies. Um, then you can withdraw your attention for a minute. When the puppy stops right. biting, because the other thing is, if you're pulling your hand out, you can get a tear that way, a tooth tear or mm-hmm. something, or a scratch. Right. So once the puppies stop, you can you know, cross your arms or turn away for a minute and say, I don't really want to play with you if you're yeah. going to act like that. Um, and just withdraw your attention. You don't have to make a big deal of it. And it mm-hmm. shouldn't be long. You should say, usually a puppy will stop and sit at that point or lick, lick, lick your hand. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go that far. Mm-hmm. Um, in that case, okay, all is forgiven. Let's try again. Let's play right, again. That'd be a, and that'd be a great chance to ask the puppy to sit, just kind of to reaffirm that you're in control mm-hmm. and get the puppy to understand that with all of these games and fun and excitement, there are some rules and boundaries. And boundaries, and right. that, but that you can play and you can even have a little silly mini roughhouse session as right. long as you keep it at a certain level. Um, another option would be to to remove the puppy from play in a timeout kind of way that you did talk about putting the puppy in the crate, um, but again, that shouldn't be an angry moment. There's just there, there's no need to uh, make a big deal of it. I wouldn't start with that. I, frankly, I would do what I just described right. and then add the sit to it as Jamie described. Right, and the beauty of that start. is that um, you know it might not be the easiest and it'll take a little explaining, but a six-year-old could do that. All they have to do is you know say no, that hurt, or ow, or something like that. And stop playing. Be a tree, as we say. Right. And yeah. so, you know, a six-year-old can do that. They might not be able to force them, the dog into its crate. Certainly aren't going to be able to alpha roll it or any of this other, you know, dominant stuff. It, 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 all other things aside, that puts the child in a dangerous situation. And again, it, it starts this adversarial relationship between the humans and the dog in the family that just really isn't necessary um, or to, to get the results that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do a timeout in the sense, even a little boy in most cases can leave the room himself if there's a puppy oh, gate yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. You, you can do this in a puppy pen or in a small room so that uh, if, if, it gets, if the play gets too wild and you're finding that the puppy keeps coming back and back and biting and biting, you can say, okay, I'm leaving. Right. And step over the gate or close the door for a minute and suddenly the fun ends. The puppy will learn that fun ends when I get too rowdy. Um, and, and that will ha- that will have a huge impact on a young puppy who is looking for social interaction and wants to play. Also, I would recommend teaching tug of war with rules. We'll, ha- we'll provide a link for that. I don't want to go into okay. the whole yeah. thing for that. But uh, if puppy wants to tug and puppy wants to play and puppy wants to explore the world mm-hmm. with his with his mouth. And those aren't bad things. They're just things, and they're not things you really want to even necessarily eliminate. You just want to, as Jamie right. said, control. I would say. 
And I mean, you know, if the pup is already 13 weeks old and these, these games and these activities, this training hasn't been a part of its life yet, this is going to take a lot of time and a lot of practice, um, which is why we kind of try and discourage people from getting dogs for others, uh, getting dogs for children, um, because it is a lot of time and it is a lot of energy, it's a lot of commitment. Although it does say here that, that Hubie visits six hours daily. Yeah. So, you know, six hours a day, that's a lot of time for training. And training a dog with, uh, with your son could be a wonderful bonding, Excellent. you know, positive experience mm -hmm. if you make it a positive thing, you know. For you, everybody. Right. And something that everybody can do. There are ways to accomplish the control that you're looking for without um, dampening the dog's, you know, uh, zest for life. And while including your son, even though he's six, or if you um, learn a little bit more about the, the training methods that we, so we, we recommend on Dogstar Daily, you'll see that we really focus on training that uses our brain and our opposable thumbs and our control of resources to make the dogs and teach the dogs to want to do what we want them to do. There, there doesn't have to be any kind of physical altercation, which means that this is super child-friendly training. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what, that's what I would recommend. It's great that he's right. there and he has so much time to uh, spend with it, with the with his boy and with right. the dog. And you sound motivated. So we will put links to um, put links to bite inhibition. We'll put links to uh, tug, and maybe a rock solid sit. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you work on those three things, you're going to end up with a wonderful dog that's going to be a wonderful companion for your son. And hopefully you'll get back in touch in, in a few weeks and, and maybe even with a little video or something. Right, yeah. If you show have, us what you've got. If you have some follow-up questions or some follow-up video, we'd love to see it. Also, where did you see, I don't know where you're on the East Coast, I think, yeah, perhaps? Yeah, New Jersey. Um, plenty of good puppy trainers in, in the New Jersey area. Maybe you could go to APDT.com and find an appropriate puppy class while, while your puppy is still under the, the age limit of 18 weeks. Mm -hmm. All right? Best of luck. We look forward to hearing from you again, hopefully soon. All right. Thanks for your question.